We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sixth Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Sixth Man Show. Today is August 3rd, 2023. My little brother's birthday. Happy birthday, little bro. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what is up? We're, uh, you know, not not too much. We, we've got, finally, basketball is in the air with FIBA. You had Slovenia and Greece play today. You got people scrambling for streams. Just basketball's in the air. So I'm happy about that. And we've got some uh, key basketball coming up for FIBA in the next week. So I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, Saturday, August 5th. believe it is at 1 p.m. Eastern. Germany, Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner are set to take on Sweden. Still trying to figure out like how I'm going to be able to watch this game. There are some different ideas that have been thrown out there like this website courtside 1891 where i believe you can like pay for a membership or or pay to watch some of these games like that idea has been thrown out there but as i'm looking at their upcoming slate for their fiba world cup warm-up games like the international friendlies uh, on saturday georgia who goga patadze plays for georgia versus latvia is listed there for saturday but the Germany Sweden game is not. So if you're someone out there listening or you're watching on YouTube and you do know how you're going to be watching this game, let us know. Even if you're in Germany, like whatever whatever channel or whatever company is going to be broadcasting that game, help us. Help us be able to watch this game. And I come to you begging like like an addict. I need to watch this game. I need you to help me watch this game. So if you know how I can watch this game. I need you to be a good person and tell me. And if not, you're dead to me, respectfully. So looking forward to that on Saturday, Luke. Coming up in the show, uh, we had a great conversation with the new Orlando Sentinel, Orlando Magic Beat reporter, Jason Beatty. And yes, we talked about him being a lifelong Heat fan and how that is not going to affect his coverage of the Orlando Magic. So very much looking forward to that, Luke. 
Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of people, and I like to think that our listeners are a little bit more sophisticated, but I don't know that that's a fact. I don't know if I believe it wholeheartedly because I think that there's a lot of people who have already discredited him for being a Heat fan to the degree that they are actually serious that they don't like him and they've already made had these preconceived notions just based on the fact that someone dug up that is a Heat fan. And they dug it up because it was on his Twitter feed from however long ago, but it's not like he was hiding it. I'm sure that he would have told anybody that asked him about his fandom growing up, he would have told you where it lies. I think that, you know, we just need to give him the benefit of the doubt. Clean slate. You guys will hear him talk more about it in the interview. And uh, we hope you guys enjoy it for sure. Just so that you guys are aware, Kobe Price was not a Magic fan. Josh Robbins was not a Magic fan. John Denton was not a Magic fan. All of these guys who have done great jobs of covering the Magic were not Magic fans. So whether or not they're a Magic fan or they used to be a fan of another team, it's completely irrelevant give the dude a chance and let him prove his value through his work. So if you're one of these people out there like, oh, I'm never going to give this guy a chance. You're silly. And please, I hate the heat more than any other living person, right? (laughs) And I am willing to give Jason a chance. I'm confident that he's going to do a good job. During our interview with Jason, I call myself a hate heater. Because I'm dumb and I, I don't know how to speak sometimes. So you guys will get a kick out of that. But do us a favor. Give Jason the the, the fair chance that he deserves. Uh, so you know, be sure to, to stay tuned and, and listen to that conversation. Luke, we did get a bit of magic news this week. Uh, we talked about Jonathan Isaac was launching you know, the Unitas brand and how he had his launch party. We talked about that on the last episode. Well, Ryan Elijah of, uh, I think it's uh, Fox Sports, uh, Fox 35 in Orlando, uh, he tweeted out that he attended the the watch event or the the launch party or the launch event, said uh, that Jonathan Isaac says he'll be ready for the upcoming NBA season and that he plans to wear the Judah basketball shoe created by his company, Unitas. I think this is going to be called the Judas one or the, the Judah rather, holy, not Judas, the Judah one um, from Unitas, Luke. So one, I can't believe I just said Judas talking about Jonathan Isaac, just called him <laughs> Judas. That was that shouldn't have happened, but that happened. And now here we are. But Luke, Jonathan Isaac going to be ready for the start of the season, which is great news. What are your thoughts on the shoe itself and like Jonathan going to be wearing this shoe that has never been worn on an NBA floor before? A, a little nerve wracking. I think if there's a guy in the NBA that is going to try out a shoe from a place that does not typically make shoes for basketball, I don't know that he's the guy I want doing it. Um, I would be... I would feel a lot better about it if it was someone not on the Orlando Magic. Because as we recapped in the last episode and as you went through that list, our guys don't play a lot collectively. Like, like 55, 60 games on average for basically everybody. So I would rather him not. But, you know, what are you going to do? He He's going to go out there. He's going to wear the shoe and uh, do what he thinks is best. I'm sure that he thinks about this too. I'm sure he knows. You know, I I have been injury prone 
and I need to take precaution. But clearly, you know, maybe these guys just mastered this one basketball shoe for him and he feels good enough to to do it and rep it. And uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that it's the, the shoe looks fine to me. Also, appearance wise, um, I don't know that I would necessarily cop it, but I I do think that the uh, the shoes are pretty, pretty good. So that is like a common point that I've seen around social media. Like, hey, this is an unproven shoe brand. There isn't great history in the NBA with unproven shoe brands. Like we go back to like the big baller brand, you know, with Lonzo Ball. He did not wear those very long, if he did at all in the NBA. Um, but Jonathan Isaac is a guy that is working with a lot, like significantly more capital than the Ball family was at that time when they developed that shoe. And Jonathan Isaac knows what is at stake. You know, if he's not able to to stay healthy, you know, it, it very well could you know mark the end of his time in Orlando. And if you know he can't ever get healthy, you know, we've seen that derail a lot of guys' careers. So if anybody is aware, you know, of the of that kind of risk, it's going to be Jonathan Isaac. And I I would like to give him you know the benefit of the doubt in this situation that you know he hired the the right people and hired experts in that field and that this shoe was tested extensively to make sure that there aren't going to be any issues with it. Aesthetically, I like the look of the shoe. Um like the I like the the front of the shoe area, I guess I don't know what that is uh the the technical term for that, but like the toe box, you know, the midsole, um, you know, the the sole on the the foot of the shoe it sort of reminds me of the Kyrie's that he has worn for a long time in the NBA. So the fact that they that he went with a a similar model to what he's accustomed to playing in does make me feel a little bit better. And the thing about a shoe is you don't really you can't really tell the quality of a shoe unless like you actually get your hands on it. So I would I would love to be able to talk to, you know, Jonathan at some point or whoever helped like develop this shoe and 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 talk more or maybe not even our, on our show, but just have him talk you know, more extensively about what went into the development of this shoe. But Jonathan Isaac is aware, of, as anybody is, that he needs to be on the floor more. And I would like to think that he wouldn't make a decision like this that would put that at risk, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing I'll add about these shoes from the picture that you had posted um via let's see yeah i don't oh yeah ryan Elijah, actually oh i i thought we were still debating what social media platform we posted that to oh yes that as well um no the the picture that you posted of the shoes i'd say of those three that are on there uh he's got basically like a, a a red and black colorway um i think the one i like the most is the white the all white with the gold little accents and stuff that that's the one that i if there was any of them that's the one i'm i'm copying yeah i like the blue i like sort of like the gradient midsole like goes from that kind of like darker blue to like a lighter blue and into the white and then like the feathers or whatever on like the mm-hmm. you know the back part of the shoe and it it looks like it's it's got that you little like, lion mane maybe it is I don't. I don't really know. I'm. I'm look like I'm comparing it to some of the other shoes, and maybe that's supposed to be alignment. Is it supposed to be wings? I. I don't. I don't really know. But like people that are are roasting the the look of the shoe, I don't totally get. I. I think it looks fine. Um. 
but yeah, we're, we're definitely going to have a lot riding on these shoes. And, and the other thing that I'll, I'll say that I made the point to somebody on Instagram that they're like, oh, should he really be switching shoes to like somebody that's unproven? I'm like, the Nikes haven't exactly kept him super healthy either. So, right. you know, he's going to make a change, you know, whatever, you know, so be it. So we'll be looking forward to that. In some other news, uh, you may have heard that the Magic have been in the national headlines the last couple of days. Uh, the reason for that being is the the Orlando Magic were noted as making a $50,000 contribution uh, to the Super PAC or the Political Action Committee. Um, I think it's Never Back Down Incorporated, uh, which is currently uh, supporting Florida Governor Ron DeSantis's uh, presidential campaign. So obviously people on both sides of the political spectrum have different feelings about this. Um, me personally, I do find it a little bit strange that obviously people know about the DeVos family and, and their history and where their political views align. But I do find it interesting that they decided to do that through the Orlando Magic other than just doing that individually themselves. That's as far as I think I'm going to comment on it, but um, it is national news. Uh, and a Sopan Deb from the, the New York Times, it uh, looks like there's a, a comment made. Uh, I don't know if this was Alex Martin's or from the Orlando Magic. I haven't read the piece. I'm just reading this quote on uh, their Twitter. It says, to clarify, this gift was given before Governor DeSantis entered the presidential race. It was given as a Florida business in support of a Florida governor for the continued prosperity of central Florida. And uh, I'll add one more thing. I really didn't plan on adding anything, but I'm reading the same thing or I read the quote and then CBS sports actually did an article and they gave that quote. And then it says, you know, according to records from the federal election commission, the donation for the magic received on June 26th after DeSantis, after DeSantis had announced his run for president in 2024 on May 24th. However, the team indicated the check was dated May 19th prior to DeSantis's announcement. So take it as you will. Did they know that he was going to run? I am sure they did. So we just you know, can leave it at that and then we, we can continue. All right. Let's go ahead and give a quick shout out to the folks that help make all of our episodes possible. Our wonderful patrons who we love so much. Uh, if you're a fan of the show and you like what we do and it's ever occurred to you like, hey, how can I? help this be better or help even allow this to be possible, you can join our Patreon where as little as $2 a month, uh, you can help support the show and help us do all the things like keep the lights on so that we can do this podcast every month because there are bills that you know are associated with putting out content um, and trying to improve your content at that. And we do other things like we have monthly Zoom calls with our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons. And then... Um, our elite tier patrons as well. Uh, they also have benefits uh, like getting regular season Orlando Magic tickets at discounted rates. So if any of that interests you, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And we shout out our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons on each episode. So as always, you know, we're going to start with our, our family, uh, the court cousins, and then Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, uh, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch, Dave, Paolo, and Francis, Warmth, Pierre A. 
Nostalgia and Eminem. Still in Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez. Drum, drum, drummy, drum, drum. Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Bill Fulton, Edmund, Lagona, Jose Esquilin, Destined for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Freak, and Shahin 177, Bulby the Dawn, Himlo, Ban Himro, Arm Prop 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Spank Too Hard, Soft Taco, Victor Cologne, Fanimal 72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Trade for Grady, We Need Dick, Currency Kev, Bruv Sal. Again, a big thank you to all of our patrons. And if you want to join our Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now without further ado, Let's get into our conversation with Orlando Magic beat writer for the Orlando Sentinel, Jason Beattie. All right, Orlando Magic fans, we now have a very special guest, really excited about this conversation. We are now joined by the brand new Orlando Magic beat writer for the Orlando Sentinel, Jason Beattie, man. Really nice to talk to you. Thanks for joining the show. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited. Uh, to be on the beat, to be around the magic. I'm excited for the season. I know we're uh, inching closer and closer to that, and I'm really excited to be on the pod with you guys. Yeah, man. How has this last month been for you, like getting acclimated to your new role, obviously spending more time around the team? I know you know, you mentioned on the the radio spot that you did with Brandon Kravitz, you talked that you had some opportunities like a year ago to to cover the team, but how is it different now that you're on the everyday beat? Yeah, it's absolutely different. Um, it's it's different in so many different ways, just from, um, you know, from a journalism perspective, from my daily life. My life has completely changed in terms of going from UCF uh, daily to Magic now daily as much as possible. Um, but this past month has been exciting. It's been overwhelming at times. Uh, I went to Summer League for five days. I was out in Las Vegas for five days. I had been to Vegas before. Uh, but certainly not for five days and not for summer league, which was a ton of work. Um, it was nonstop basketball, it was nonstop reporting, writing and talking to people and networking. And, um, you know, it, it was not too much Vegas fun, uh, but that's summer league for you. But uh, between summer league and, and getting acquainted to the beat and, and breaking some news and doing reporting and writing and everything in between, um, you know, it's everything I was hoping for so far, of course. And, uh, it, it's just been really exciting. 
the one thing you did uh, kind of spend some time talking about on Brandon Kravitz, you briefly alluded to it, right? You said you had covered multiple sports at UCF. You were used to kind of wearing many hats when it came to the beat. But now with the Magic, you're able to really hone in on one specific sport, the NBA, which is what you've really, what you, I believe, said had grown to love most in terms of sports in general. What has that been like for you to just be able to hone in on deep diving on the Orlando Magic and basketball instead of having to have a lot of, you know, maybe obviously you were in-depth knowledge, but more <clears throat> maybe spread across the board with those sports. No, you're, yeah. I mean, it's obviously football is, you know, the top sport at UCF and that's really what I engulf myself into. Um, but, you know, there was basketball, men's and women's basketball, um, there was baseball and softball and, and everything in between track and field soccer. Um, <clears throat> you know, I didn't cover those other teams as closely as football, of course. Uh, but, you know, basketball was probably second. And uh, I really enjoyed covering softball as well. I got to travel to Tallahassee earlier this year uh, when UCF softball made it to Tallahassee Regional. Um, and I, I traveled for other sports, but obviously football was the main one. Um, but being able to really focus on one set of team, one set of players and one team and one organization um, and one sport in particular. It's not like you had to, not like I had to learn softball or baseball or anything like that. But when you're six months into football and you're, you're just getting out of basketball to readjust and, 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 and really go through baseball or softball or vice versa. Um, it, it's, it's not necessarily difficult, but um, you know, being able to go from that to now it's one team, it's one sport. Um, I don't think people really, I mean, I, it's not too complicated of a topic, but in terms of from a journalism beat reporter perspective, um, it, it allows me to do my job uh, even better because I'm able to really hone in um, on one sport. And, 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 you know, obviously I know basketball, but um, get, get even more into it than ever before. Jason, if you wouldn't mind, just, you know, kind of take us through your journey um, as a journalist, you know, like how did you end up at the Orlando Sentinel and you know, covering UCF and, and now the Magic? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I like to say my career has snowballed. Um, I think every step of the way, um, I can pinpoint something from the past job or the past team I was covering or past school to the next. Um, a lot of people ask me, how did I get into journalism? How did I know I wanted to be a sports reporter? And I've done some sort of some sort of journalism since my freshman year of high school. Um, my family thought I was a good writer. I was interested in sports. I wasn't clearly that athletic. Uh, I did some sports growing up like everyone. And then um, I did some high school sports, but uh, I clearly wasn't going to, you know, be college or, or, or go pro in anything. But um, I just love watching, you know, PTI or on the horn sports center, like any, any high school boy. Right. And um, my freshman year of high school, I joined the, uh, I'm from Key West, by the way, down in South Florida. Um, I joined the Kiwi High School newspaper, the Snapper, and from there, I just kind of, my freshman year, I wrote about a bunch of different things. Like, I wasn't able to choose what I was able to write about because it was just getting introduced to it and writing about a bunch of different things. But obviously, I focused, I, I gravitated towards sports, and um, my sophomore year of high school, I actually became um, more engulfed in it, and by my junior year, I was the sports editor. My senior year of high school, I was editor-in-chief with one of my best friends. Um, and, and we really grew the newspaper at Ankiwood High School, and I got to cover the comps, uh, baseball and football and basketball, and, and I started my own website um, because we were a monthly paper. I just had so many stories that 
um, you know, I had to get the work somewhere else. And I was kind of creating a high school portfolio, hopefully to catch the eyes of colleges. Um, and um, so that's kind of where I started. And then once I got to UCF, right from the jump, I said, I didn't want to wait around until my sophomore, junior, even senior year to get involved. Um, I had at that point had enough of an introduction into sports journalism at the lower level. I was ready for college sports. Um, and I had some photography experience, a good amount of writing experience. And I went to a website called Bytes247.com. And I went to the publisher who at the time was uh, a student as well. And I said, hey, I'm just, I'll take photos for free. I just want to get on the field. I just, just want to be in the action and I'll, I'll help out where I can. And, you know, of course they were like, you know, free, free content sounds awesome. <laughs> so they, uh, I was brought on the Night 7 website my freshman year um, at UCF in 2016. Um, and I got to cover and take photos in the field for football and eventually got into basketball. Of course, the, my sophomore year of college was UCF 2017 undefeated season. Um, that same year, I really got into writing about um, UCF sports more than uh, my freshman year. I was really only taking photos my first year working the site. Um, and I got into more writing about um, basketball and, and some of the other sports that the publisher of the main site couldn't write about. Um, and then in 2018, after Scott Frost left and Josh Heifel arrived, uh, my publisher, Juan Ribio left uh, to cover Major League Baseball. And I was uh, given the opportunity to become publisher of the site, which I was welcome to. And I was really happy I did that. Uh, so I was the publisher of Knights 247 for uh, about five years, really. Um, and in that span, I had also done some administration education coverage uh, for UCF Nicholson Student Media. And I actually covered um, the resignation and the scandal of uh, Dale Whitaker, who was the past president. Uh, at UCF. Um, and in their time that I did an internship at the Orlando Sentinel. Um, so I got it. My first internship was actually with the Key West Citizen in 2018. The next summer in 19, I did an internship with the Sentinel and the sports team. And that, that was my first really involvement with the Magic. Um, I got to cover the 2019 NBA draft, be around some of the workouts, um, and, you know, leading up to the draft and of course draft night. I got to do some work and be around the team and whatnot and meet people that I hadn't met before. Um, and then, of course, I graduated uh, right at the start of the, you know, kind of not the start, but uh, certainly in the worst parts of the 2020 pandemic, uh, when no one was hiring sports and journalists or, and no sports were going on. So uh, that was really tough. I mean, graduating virtually and going through that whole process, um, you know, it was challenging for sure. So I decided to stick around with 247 Sports for another year. Uh, after I graduated, which was worked out for me, I was the publisher of the site. So I was able to thankfully be in a position where I could, you know, support myself and, and make some money while, um, you know, sports were shut down, eventually came back. Um, and then about <clears throat> a few months later into 21, um, I was still at 24-7 sports. And that summer, there was a movement at the Sentinel. Uh, I reached out because I had done um, a second internship, my final semester of college with the uh, photography team. So my first internship was with the sports team, just writing and whatnot. My second internship was with the video and photography team. Um, so I, I got to do a ton of um, practice in that. Um, but in, in August 21, there was the movement and I reached out and said, I'd love to work for you guys. And I wasn't expecting uh, that they'd be interested in me becoming the UCF beat reporter for the newspaper. But certainly I had some interest in still covering UCF, but I was willing to do high school or whatever. Uh, because throughout college, I had freelanced and, and made some side money uh, with the paper. But um, 
yeah, so I became UCF beat writer for the Sentinel, and I was there for about two years uh, until I transitioned into this role uh, about a month ago. So, like I said, I, I really believe everything there, there, you know, through networking and, and all the different roles and all the different positions I've been in throughout my career, um, you know, they've really led on to where I am today. You mentioned the, you know, being around the magic, you know, briefly there for, I believe you said the summer back in 2019, I think. The one thing you didn't mention, I, I went to the old LinkedIn, Jason, and I was just going down experiences. You were able to be a runner for ESPN uh, during the playoffs for Toronto versus Orlando. Um, what was that like and in being a runner, but also just being around the team? I'm assuming for one of the first times, you maybe your first taste of being and working around and in Amway and around the team. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I was, I don't even know exactly how my name came up, but I knew someone who knew someone and a friend of mine had been, uh, asked if they wanted to run and they needed, they needed someone else. And I said, sure, what the heck? I mean, that sounds like an awesome opportunity. Uh, runner, if those who don't know what that is, it's basically a handyman. It's, it's, it's running around doing everything. Uh, and for me that weekend, that included uh, being the personal driver for the ESPN talent uh, who were calling the team, who were calling the game. So it was Adam Amin, George Sedano, and PJ Carlissimo. Uh, which it, it was really special for me. I had met Adam Amin. He was doing college football for ESPN, but just getting into NBA, really. Uh, so I had met Adam before, and he was able to put me in a good spot where I wasn't like this weird kid driving around PJ and Sedano. Uh, but that, yeah, that weekend, I was just running around, um, you know, making trips to Publix to get food for the whole crew, um, you know, running wires, running equipment around. Um, I really wasn't able to watch much of the game. I was in the TV truck uh, in the bowels of Amway and and whatnot. But that relationship I actually created with George Sedano, um, I got to reconnect with him at Summer League, uh, you know, just earlier last month. Um, and he remembered me. I didn't expect that at all. I thought for sure he had surely forgotten about me. Uh, but when I ran into him, he totally remembered me. And, and, and he put a really nice message on Twitter about that experience and just my pathway to this point. So, um, being a runner for ESPN, it was such a small moment, such a small thing. I mean, I, I, I was paid. It was great to be a college student and have this little, uh, you know, hey, I worked for ESPN one weekend <laughs> uh, on my resume. But um, to have that relationship and, and, and really curate that relationship with Zidano and, and still uh, have him in, in my professional life and whatnot, it's really special to me. Jason, talk just a little bit about your your approach to covering the Magic League. What are you know fans of the Magic who are going to be obviously reading your your work? What are we getting you know in, in Jason Beatty, the Orlando Magic beat writer? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I, I think when I started covering UCF, um, you know, I was I was nervous. I didn't want to ask any questions, and that was when I was just a freshman or sophomore in college. And as I grew into a journalist and, and a more experienced sports reporter, um, and even my time covering the administration at UCF, um, you know, I grew in confidence. I was able to ask tough questions. I was able to write, um, you know, not just your everyday story, but unique stories looking for, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of as much exclusive content as you can get. Um, you know, post-game press conferences, obviously there are times where you have to use that type of stuff, uh, but I really like to focus on work that you can't find anywhere else. Um, and I'm not afraid to ask tough questions. Obviously, I have to create those relationships. And I have started to create a relationship with Jamal Mosley and, and some of the players and 
meeting them at summer league and talking to Jeff Weltman and, and whatnot, but, um, you know, curating stories that are interesting to read, um, and, and, and really, you know, not being afraid to ask tough questions. I think tough questions are important questions. They might be tough to someone, but, um, you know, if they're fair and they're, and they're well-balanced and, and, you know, they're fair to ask, I think it's important to ask those types of questions. So, um, you know, of course it comes with hard news. Uh, in-depth analysis and, and features that, you know, are able to tell these players stories and some of the work they do in the community. And, um, you know, I love writing those types of pieces as well. So it's, it's really balanced where, um, you know, you get a little bit of everything. In addition, um, you know, I don't know what we're doing this season in terms of video content and whatnot, but we did have a UCF show. I don't know if we'll be able to do a magic show, at least in the beginning, but uh, certainly as time goes on, um, I'm hoping to use my skill set as much as possible in terms of mobile content and and uh, other forms of media in addition to my writing. Kobe Price, uh, Jason, did a very good job, which is obviously why he ended up, and now he is on the West Coast covering the Lakers. He he did what you're talking about, right? He he asked the hard questions. He had a really great pulse on just what Magic fans wanted to hear. It wasn't just, it was very clear that he wasn't just meeting a deadline and, you know, coming up with a story out of nowhere because there's, you know, there, he did, couldn't think of anything else. He did an incredible job at that. Um, can you talk a little bit about Kobe Price, maybe your relationship with him and any tips and, and tricks of the trade that he's taught you that are specific to covering Magic Basketball? Yeah, I don't think people realize how young Kobe and I are. Um, I think he's a year older than me. I'm only 25, and I think he's 26. He re- he graduated a year before me uh, from college, and and really, I look up to him, even though we're so close in age. I mean, he did such a fantastic job for us. Um, I was I figured eventually he'd move on uh, to to bigger things, but um, I didn't know it would come so quickly. So when it happened, I was I was upset. I was like. You know, that's that's tough. I mean, we've lost some great writers to other, uh, you know, other organizations over the years. Some of my friends, uh, you know, obviously Kobe's a good friend of mine that I've, I didn't get to work with him very long. Um, but in the year and a half he was with us, you know, it was always, you know, we didn't cross paths too much just because he was always engulfed in, in the magic and I was on the other side of town with UCF. Um, but certainly in the past two months or so, really, um, you know, we, I, I talked to him. I don't want to say daily, but pretty regularly um, in terms of asking questions about not just the magic itself, but, you know, contract stuff and CBA stuff and, and other questions about the league. Cause he really is, uh, you know, has a deep understanding of the NBA, not just the magic. Um, but certainly he's told me about, you know, what certain players are like, what, um, you know, how veterans will treat you, maybe, you know, how rookies act and uh, coaching staff questions and, and everything in between that, um, you know, obviously I had, I have an understanding of what the magic are made of, uh, who's on the team and whatnot, but he's, he's given me so much information on agents and, um, like I said, how the players deal with the media and things like that. So not just, not necessarily like informational help, but also like logistical help as well. So, uh, he is a fantastic, fantastic resource. And, uh, I'm really lucky that I get to lean on him with questions. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, just a great friend of mine. Kobe is a great dude. Jason, I wanted to now pivot specifically towards the magic and just you haven't been following the team super closely for that long, but obviously, you know, you've been in town. I'm sure you're you're still pretty familiar with the team. Just kind of give like your 
opinion on the Magic and where they are as a team currently and heading into next season? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question from my perspective because I've lived in Orlando for eight years now. Um, and obviously they've gone through some tough times. I mean, I remember when Dwight Howard was here and they made the finals and all that and watching those teams. And, and I've seen success with this organization. But at this time where the Magic are in this rebuild, this current rebuild, that was something that made this opportunity so exciting because this is a team that's on the rise. And I'm not going to say if they weren't on the rise, they wouldn't have taken this job because, you know, it's an NBA job, it's an NBA opportunity. And that, that was something I was interested in, regardless of how the team was doing. Um, but certainly it made it so much more exciting to see UCF. Uh, sorry, to see the magic on the rise. And the reason I said UCF is because I was able to cover a team and an athletics department that was on the rise during my time. Um, you know, and, and to see that growth and, and to see from, uh, UCF have success, you know, if, if the Magic can continue on the pathway they're on, they certainly seem to be heading in the right direction. You know, I, I believe they should be competitive night in, night out. They almost made the play in last year. If, if they can stay healthy and, and continue to grow chemistry and, and, and fix some of those things that they were struggling with last season, uh, certainly they should make the play and potentially the playoffs as well. I mean, I think they are, they're really close to being a, a really fun team and, um, a competitive team as well. Who is your, you know, player that maybe as you were watching from somewhat afar the last eight years of being in Orlando, you're obviously familiar with this roster and the current construction of it. Who's the player that you enjoy watching or or just, you know, when you want to turn on a magic game, yeah, this is the guy that I, I love that I get to watch tonight. I think when I was growing up, and I'm not going to say just the past eight years, because I think I can, you know, pinpoint any of the current young guys on the team. Paulo Boncaro, you know, obviously he was just a rookie last year. He was just so exciting to watch, you know, Jalen Suggs. Um, but even growing up, you know, watching the Magic and living in the state of Florida, you know, I love watching, um, you know, Hito Turgaloo and J.J. Redick. And, and those, I know those are older players, but um, I've always kind of, like watching the magic, I guess, even though I'm not, even though I didn't grow up a magic fan, I know we're going to get to that later in the podcast, but um, certainly, you know, this roster of young guys um, in Marco Stoltz and, and some of these exciting, they're just so exciting to watch They're I just think they're a really fun team. Um, certainly it's a, it's a talent. It's a talented roster that has a lot of potential. So Jason, you, you alluded to it just a, a moment ago, but let's let's address the uh, the the proverbial elephant in the room. Uh, shortly after it was announced that you were going to be taking over as the Orlando Magic beat writer for the Sentinel, some of your your tweets were unearthed, uh, you know, revealing that you have been a, a lifelong Miami Heat fan, and we wanted to ask you about that. And just you know, we understand that that you know will not affect the way that you cover the magic, but can you just talk a little bit about that? So anybody that may be on the fence about that um, could, could really uh, have, have a different perspective of you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I understand, I understood all that. I mean, I, I get it. They're fans, right? I, I mean, if I, if I were in their shoes, I'd probably feel the same way about myself. Um, but certainly, you know, I think it was mentioned earlier, what Kobe did so well was it wasn't just acting like it was just a job. I mean, he was passionate about covering the magic and I hope to be that same way. I want to be that same way. Um, 
And, and I, even though it is just a job per se, um, I'm still passionate about my job. I'm still passionate about my work and my storytelling and my reporting. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be in this business because this isn't just a job. I mean, the way I do my work, is it's, it's fun. It doesn't feel like a job for me. Um, and I don't allow those types of things to interrupt my job and, and what I'm doing, um, you know, while I'm working. Um, and even though I was a UCF student and now a UCF alum, you know, I've I've never gone to a UCF game with a fan or root of a UCF. I was always able to really, you know, be independent of that and and just cover UCF, you know, the best way I could. And you know, I I read some of those tweets, and um, you know, I think obviously there's always going to be a minority of people that are never going to let it go, and that's fine. I respect that. Um, but at the same time, I hope that uh, you know, not just this conversation, but future conversations that we have, and and my work is able to prove that you know, none of that really matters in terms of when I'm covering the magic, I'm passionate about it and really happy to be doing this. Yeah. I'm glad that you say that we obviously understood that, but you know, people are understandably emotional myself. You will not find a better, a bigger hate heater on the planet than me. You know, was really glad that they lost in the finals just to, to throw that in there, but no, we respect the the approach that you're going to have and you're going to be a, a professional. Obviously you're super passionate about your work. So, uh, you know, if, if it means anything, we really hope that everyone's going to give you a, a fair chance and, and let you prove it to, you know, magic fans that, you know, you're going to do right by them and you're going to do a good job of, of covering this team. And I'm sure you will, Jason, we just wanted to say thank you again for taking the time and, and joining the show. Do you want to let everyone know where they can find you perhaps on social media and, and where they can look to, to be on the lookout for your work that's coming up this season? Yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at the real BD. Of course, Orlando Sentinel.com is where you can find all of my work. Um, I do have a piece coming out later this week about Jalen Suggs. Actually, I spoke with him on the phone uh, earlier this week while he was still in South Africa, which is a really cool conversation. Uh, he was in, South, in Johannesburg for a basketball without borders camp. And I got to talk with him about that experience and uh, what it means to him to, you know, be able to do something like that and help kids and help campers and uh, really help the next generation of basketball players. And uh, so be on the lookout for that and the rest of my work this upcoming season. I'm, I'm just so happy to be here and have this opportunity and, and cover the magic and be passionate about it. Awesome, Jason. Well, thanks again for taking the time, man. We look forward to, to meeting you uh, later, uh, I guess, this summer. What I guess that's kind of going to be fall at Media Day. And we look forward to, to all of your coverage this upcoming season, man. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks again to Jason Beatty for joining the show. Great talking to you. Great getting to know you. Luke, I'm excited for the work that Jason is going to put out. If you take nothing else from that conversation, he takes this job very seriously and is very passionate about what he does. Yeah, he's a go-getter. I went to his LinkedIn and his uh, history of employment is lengthy because he was obviously in high school and college and you know it wasn't that he was bouncing around jobs it's that he was seeking every opportunity available to him uh, i really can appreciate that and you know know to an extent the the grinding that it can take to to just advance in the sports world in general and uh i, I know that he took everything available to him and um i mean it it's going to be awesome if you know he does adopt really what he was talking about right where he's asking those hard-hitting questions. He's not scared to ask those. He keeps a pulse on the Magic you know, fan community, knows what questions that we want to be asked, and uh, just really great things that he all touched on in that interview. 
and we hope that he he does that and we're sure that he will yeah awesome luke well again coming up this saturday sweden versus germany very much looking forward to that and then monday the u.s is going to take on puerto rico at 10 o'clock eastern as part of the team usa showcase and then next wednesday uh, germany versus china that's going to be part of the super cup i think is what they're calling that and then that same day uh august 12th or i'm sorry no august 9th uh, germany versus canada part of that super cup uh then 8 12 the 12th is going to be germany versus china 8 12 also usa versus slovenia so taking on luka Doncic. so a lot of magic relevant international basketball to pay attention to coming up in the the next couple of weeks here as we get closer to the FIBA World Cup. So very much looking forward to that. But before we sign off, Luke, uh, anything else? I think that is going to do it for us. Nope, that's it. Let's go Magic. Let's go USA. Let's go Germany. Let's go Georgia. Let's go all of you guys, you know, that are going to be representing and giving me basketball to watch in the next month or so. How long does it last? Do we know when's like the last week of FIBA? Is it last for like a month? No, I think the group stage is like a week. I think I think the the entirety of the tournament should be about three weeks three. long, potentially. Cool. I I could have that wrong, but at the bare least, like we're gonna have a couple weeks of, of good basketball. Really, really looking forward to that. All right, well that's gonna do it for us from the number one hate heater right here, and Luke Sylvia. <laughs> this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to the Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.